Welcome to the Dale and Michael show. Hi, everybody. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. And for our next episode. And we're ready to talk. We have a lot to say, don't we, Michael? I guess we do. Yeah, we do. We do. So what do we have a lot to say of? Let's talk about you, for instance. Really? My sweet Michael. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it this morning, how, how cute you are. Well, that's good. Well, <laughs> I think how cute you are. So no. now that we're both cute. <laughs> so this podcast is really about relationships and especially the one that you have with yourself. And basically, we get on here and talk about our relationship between ourselves, right? Between you and me. Yep. Or with our own selves. Yeah. Yeah. So that relationship with ourself is what allows us to have a good relationship between each other. Yeah, so welcome to our world. Yes, yes. Michael, how's your relationship with yourself? Tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, I know you're sensitive as hell. Okay, well, that's true. You are. It's, yes. it's absolutely crazy how yes. sensitive you are to everything. On all levels. Like, I don't know of any other person that is as sensitive as you well sometimes that's a problem i know because you, you, you go places and you do things and you know um this is what people would maybe call empaths or um highly sensitive people mm -hmm. this is you're sensitive to the energies you're sensitive to the tones the sounds the light, the settings, the energy of the place, all of those. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's a little bit of a, a drag because you have to adjust all the time. Yeah, and you know, when I was little, I was very sensitive. But then I just completely shut it down. Um, you know, by age 10, 11, for a lot of different reasons. But I just shut it down and then... All of a sudden, I woke up at 33 years old when I met Michael, and boom, Michael just basically irritated me until my intuition woke up. But <laughs> that was a good thing, that, right? That's, that's my practice. Yeah. It's it, called irritation to awaken. <laughs> yeah. But it certainly <laughs> expedited my growth. So thank you, Michael. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But no, when I, when I met Michael, I, I was really open. I was ready to go. I was like, okay, honey. I love what you have. I love that calmness that I feel in you. That's so self-assured, not like an ego thing, but more of like a self-assured thing. And it was this piece that I, it's kind of hard to explain. It's just, it's, it was beautiful. Well, that's the internal stuff. Yeah, that, I could feel that. That isn't really part of my sensitivities, you know, since we just opened with that, but it is part of the inner work that we do mm -hmm. or that you would do for yourself so that you could remain in a good position to adjust to your sensitivities, whatever they might be. Yeah, well, I, I shut it down and then I couldn't, you know, get it back. But when I did meet you, Michael, you know, I knew that you had the answers that I was searching for about my past and well, uh, i had i had something to mirror to you so uh -huh, you that's find your own yep, that's for absolutely. sure remember when i met you i was like i want what you have show me <laughs> right and then i gave her a beanie baby and <laughs> she kept coming back every week to steal beanie my beanie babies beanie baby <laughs> 
But um, but anyway, it, it, it was true because I, you know, when I saw you and I was like, I really, I literally said, this is what I want. This is what I've been searching for. And that's really where my Searching for Us book was born. You know, I, 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 I told here this dude, Michael, when I met him, you know, I believe he was part of that whole Searching for Us novel, which was, um, he was Marvel in the book and you'll have to read it, but right. So please go to Amazon, little mini advertisement, (laughs) go to Amazon and get her searching for us. Yeah. Yeah. And our workbook that you and I did together. Yes. uh Yeah. But I want to go back to for a second, you, uh, shutting it down. Yeah. That's just, um, in, in, from my perspective, that's just when we shut down our heart and we go into our mind. And we start working through the mind and living through the mind rather than from the heart. Yes. Happens to all of us at some point. And then we have to reawaken it typically. And this, I I shut mine down, but I live through my sensitivities instead of the mind. Yeah. So a little different direction, but the same idea. And you have to learn to reawaken it. But typically we don't. Because we're afraid of the hurt, the pain, the memories, and uh, they are scary things. They tend to be scary. Mm-hmm. But you do find out later that the, the shadow is bigger than the actual object. <laughs> That's true. And, uh, but during it, you think and you feel like it's all very real and all very scary. So it interferes with relationships of all kinds, whether it's family, friends, or personal or intimate. And uh, so Mm -hmm. shutting down your heart or shutting down those sensitivities really hurts us near the end. Yeah. Because it interferes with our quality of life. Not to mention like your family patterning and your, your core programming, you know, you're, you're open, you're, oh, and then you start to get used to the family dynamics and start to almost like, okay, this is how I need to behave. <laughs> this is how I need to, you know, respond and and be, and then and you start to be like them. But that's a whole other story, Just becomes right? an autopilot. Yeah. But yes, that's yeah. something we can get into deeply if people are interested. Yeah, but, but let's back up a bit. It's always best to start at the beginning, as Glinda, the okay, good Glinda. would say. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like, when did I first meet you? This, this, this dude that helped me wake up. Because you did help me wake up. When, she well, yelled at me a lot too. You know how, like, <laughs> when you wake up in the morning and you don't want to be bothered. Well, that was her for a little while. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! And then all of a sudden, she was happy to be awake. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> but how I met him was through um, a, a, a friend who was a reader. And um, actually, she was your friend. That's right. I didn't know her. Someone recommended me to her. And I saw his brochure in her waiting room. And I was like, oh, I picked it up. And when I went home, I decided to call him. And I said, hey, hey, I saw your Tai Chi on your brochure and your energy work stuff and ADHD. Can you help me? And um, I think I'm interested in some of the stuff on the brochure. And he says, what is it that you really want? And I was like, what I really want. Oh, I, I'm studying to be a certified ADHD coach. And I was wondering if you could help me and, um, and help me, you know, help people with ADHD. And he said, what did you say? How could you help people with ADHD when you're not well yourself? And of course he was probably just 
feeling what he was feeling, not thinking on the other end, I was like ready to hang up. <laughs> right. And he, yep. so I did kind of hang up. I did say goodbye though. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, a friend of mine came and, over. And just so you know, I didn't say it harshly. No, it was sweet. It was it just was. implying that to find herself <laughs> first before helping others. Yes. As I had to learn to do myself. True. When True. you go seeking to help other people, it's usually out of your own issues mm -hmm. rather than genuine helping. Not to say that it can't be mixed, but I, I did find later so many issues that I had about helping other people because there were parts or aspects of me that still needed to be helped. I love that. And that is really true. So anyway, so a friend came over and, um, a couple of weeks later and said, Hey, you know, I want to learn about Tai Chi. And I'm like, Oh, Tai Chi. I talked to a guy. I don't, I wasn't sure about him. And, and, um, I have his brochure upstairs if you want it. So I ended up, I ended up going to see Michael and, to see what he was all about because she asked me to go first so i went and and i found myself in michael's office and listening to him and i knew i i just knew i was like wow that's when i said i want what you got show me so <laughs> i went from okay. every single week right yep and um found a way to do it found a way to do it yep Yep. I shared what I knew. Yeah. And then after. And let me just interject. Yeah, yeah. Sharing what I knew was just giving her the option to use it or not use it. It's not like it was all encompassing wisdom or the only way to get there. It was just a way that I discovered in a system that I kind of developed watching and working with people that allows you to find your own journey. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And um, so I just learned a great deal and kept bringing it home and applying it. And it was just beautiful until after a few months, I said, I'm starting to have feelings for you. And he was like, no, you're not. No, that's called transference. No, in the therapy world. No, no, no you're not. I'm like, thank God, because you're the one that's going to help me. Oh my goodness, remember? Yep. And it was like, no, thank, thank God. You. We're not getting involved that way. And the reason why I did uh, have feelings, and you can read it in my book and the workbook, that I, I had, that was typical of my upbringing and what occurred and what happened to me. Um, that I would, someone's helping me, so I'm going to go ahead and have feelings for him, but that just didn't have to happen. Right. right. And through our working together, that's why we put together the workbook so yes. that people can do it yourself. Yeah. Do you still need some direction? Sure. You can't do everything by yourself, but you can certainly do a lot by yourself. And that workbook provides you with a lot of our experiences, a lot of things that we put together and that'll help you through any type of perceived trauma. And you can use the workbook over and over and go through different um, stages of your life and different issues. And it's just great. Oh, and let me just address trauma real quick. Yeah, A lot of okay. people think trauma has to be something really big. It does not. It just has to be something that triggers you into a, an emotional state that is less than love. Right there. And so... Traumas can be anything. It can be from getting screamed at as a child to being abused, to being beaten, to 
um, being called names at school or by your parents. It could be anything. So don't look at traumas like they have to be big because anything that you register emotionally that sticks with you is technically a trauma. Mini trauma, giant trauma, doesn't really matter. It still affects you and your way of life, which affects your quality of life. So that's why you want to look at them. And so it doesn't have to be such a negative connotation, although it can be extreme or just screaming parents. Well said, well said, Michael. So let's jump ahead a few months, I guess a year after that, right? The last session that we did. I remember ready to leave the last session and I say to you, who helps you, Michael? And you were by the computer, I remember, back towards me, and you shrugged your shoulders, like, I don't know. And and it was right then, and you, you've heard this story before, mm -hmm. Michael, it was right then I knew that I would be with him in some capacity in a relationship, working relationship, whatever, but I, I just knew. I knew right there. I remember when I said, who helps you? And you were just like, I don't know. He's so cute. But anyway, um, well, then the journey began, right, honey? Um, I asked him to co-facilitate with me for ADHD, some ADHD workshops. And then we had that prison gig, remember? Yep. yep. In the women's prison in Philadelphia. I, I went and um, did a little mini presentation saying, hey, I can help you with ADHD and sexual abuse. And I'm going to do this workshop and come back every month. And um I remember presenting this to 52 women and 50 of the 52 women signed up. And I was like, oh, what did I do? Like, how am I going to do this? So of course I went to Michael and I said, Michael, would you come with me? <laughs> and I said, sure. And he did. And it was great. It was great. It'll and be fun. So it was just terrific for the whole year. Every month we visited these women and it was just a beautiful thing. And, Again, anything and you want to say anything about that? <laughs> well, just how much they 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 gained. It was quite surprising, and how they began to open up. Um, considering it was, so there were some pretty hardcore cases there, and they actually began to open up and talk about how uh, their their childhoods were and what they actually wanted. So it was yeah. very, it was very uh, rewarding in just seeing them uh, open up. Yeah, it was really beautiful. So then after that, I remember one day, it was like the last, again, the last session coming out of the prison. And I said, um, Michael, I'm starting to have feelings for you again. And what does he say? Can we vis revisit that a little later? Like, so <laughs> I realized, I'm like, okay, I realized that. I, I, I was just gonna, he was, it was just gonna take a little time for him <laughs> to get used to this. Like, okay, honey, I'll yeah. give you some time because I already know. <laughs> and I was like, you just need to go out and date other people. <laughs> you did, didn't you? Uh -huh. And then I would bring him, we, we'd talk about the different <clears throat> people I was dating. It was funny. Um, but how, what a funny little thing. But let's go, let's go back a little bit um, to your background. Okay, just, just briefly. Um, when Michael was six years old, he was in bed hanging out. 
right? Six yep. years old, and what happened to you, honey? Oh, the magazine on the floor. Oh, yeah, there was a, an old look magazine on the floor, and I rolled over, and the hall light shined in through my bedroom door onto the magazine, and I watched this woman sort of lift out of the page and become animated. And it absolutely terrified me. So I hit under the covers and uh, didn't really look at magazine covers next to my bed yeah. or have them near my bed. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, I became very sensitive of movements in my room and feelings, sensations, almost like there were people there, etc. So it was, uh, it was quite scary. And you would mention it to your parents and they had no idea, of course. And that was kind of uh, a very scary time. And, um, and, and I yeah. shut it down for a while. Yeah. And then basically it continued here and there, right? Went in and out throughout his life. You know, his dad was owned his own construction company. Michael worked them for a while and met some construction guys, right? And they would say yeah. things about their lives and you kind of would know things. Yeah, and, later when I was yeah. probably in my... Late, late teens, late teens, yeah, late teens. Um, Mr. Sensitivity. A lot of, a lot of thirty-year-old, thirty-year-old men in relationships would mention stuff, and I'd say, "Oh, why don't you do this?" Yeah, and they'd be like, "How do you know that?" I don't know. Just try it. See if it works. Yeah, and by the time I met him, he was already like working with others and helping people um as a profession you know people would just hear about them through word of mouth you didn't really do any marketing michael right no. and and you kind of just helped them and it was such a beautiful thing um but I, I would like to just give you some tell some stories about what i've seen and <laughs> things that kind of like okay. freaked me out and uh, uh, listening to your or feeling and watching just the miraculous things that happened to me and around me with you. That weren't very miraculous to me. Yeah. <laughs> felt like uh, yeah, you taking always, a breath of air. It was just yeah. normal. You always downplayed them. And yes. I was like, what the hell's going on? Like, like, like Judy, for example, uh, you know, it, she said I could use her name. She's, she's like, um, basically long story, but, I sat in a session with her and Michael, and they were talking Arcturian, which is like more of like a, a well, no, you gotta, late language. You, you got to tell them that you, the whole story. <laughs> you, you first saw her. Yeah. And I had been speaking in this language for a while, and this was probably quietly, privately, early 2000s when we met her, but I had been speaking like this since the early 90s. What we call light language, right? <clears throat> right, like, which is everywhere today. Yeah, talking and... And we hadn't that. met anybody, and I hadn't met anybody who spoke like that. And Adele, you want to... Yeah, so we were in New York City at a mind-body-spirit fair, and Michael's at one workshop, I'm at the other, and I hear her speak, and she sounds like Michael, what he used to do privately. So I run over to his workshop. I was like, get over here. There's a lady that's talking like you. So... He comes over and we were listening to her and we're laughing. We're like, whoa, whoa. And um, unfortunately, we, we weren't able to speak to her at the time because she just went right out. Yeah, and I was kind of bummed because it would have been really fun yeah. to talk to somebody who's doing it because I hadn't seen or heard of anybody yeah. doing this. Right, right. So the next morning we, we get up and go downstairs for breakfast and we're in the elevator and look who jumps in the elevator. Judy. Right. So she jumps in. I go, oh, dude. 
you you talk like him and she's like what <laughs> so that was really cute right yes and, and she's was, like yeah God. that was awesome no was, yeah she was awesome and then michael's um she's like oh i like i'd like to hear more about what you do this is good maybe you can just give me a session let's try it so we go over she's like come come to my hotel room so we, the three of us go and we sit at the the chair and um the chairs there right oh, um... and um and they start to do a little session as they're doing half arcturian and half english and i'm like what am i doing with these people what is good i'm married at the time now to michael by the way right too late she couldn't get away <laughs> what is going on and judy and i had a conversation for probably two hours yeah it was beautiful and we went back and well, forth not. and it was just it was just awesome for me it was such a blast yeah not and so much for me because i was like in a little shock and i was a little nervous but i I'll, I'll explain how i did you know get a little better as the time went on right right but um yeah so because Michael, um, Judy saw what we did, what Michael did at the time, um, she was doing this big retreat in, in um, New Zealand, right? Yeah. And yeah. asked us to come to and see she, if anybody needed help after and, the workshop. And right? she invited us to participate, which was really beautiful. Yeah, and I Just remember. Just gotta say, I love Judy. She I, was great. Me too. And I remember there were 72 people from all different countries. I remember 72 people there <laughs> and what this is one of my experiences now um i we were in the workshop and judy was doing her you know light language and um i looked at michael and i saw him and i as she was doing the light language michael stood up i'm like no no this is what i call the coming out of the closet story he stood up and started doing light language with her. And I'm like, oh my goodness, he's coming out of the closet. He's doing it. So that was kind of strange for me, but but beautiful at the same time. And um, just a lot of weird things happened. And, and sometimes in the beginning, we've been married 21 years now, but in the beginning they were very scary. And um, like, for instance, I'm thinking I'm, we're a normal couple and we're having breakfast, hanging out, and all of a sudden I look at Michael and his his face starts changing from all of a sudden, I'm just looking at him and if I can explain changing, I mean, when, you, when you're just staring at someone and his face turns to a grandmother or an African-American or a red, red-haired man, and I'm going, Michael, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And it's like another, well, he explained later that this is you're you're seeing other dimensions. I'm like, what? So in the beginning it was a little scary, but then as in, it, in other lifetimes that uh, I have been embodied. Yeah. So Michael, while this is happening, he he's feeling the energies come in and out as they're changing. As I'm seeing them, the faces change. He's feeling them and sensing them, Mister Clairvoyant. No, Clairsentient. Okay. <laughs> so uh -huh. it's just like, what is going on? You know. So in the beginning, it was scary, but as as it happened, and as I got used to it, and as the education came, Michael about it, it was kind of fun and cool. So, but you know, these are the strange things that that have happened to us, right, honey? Yep. Well, <laughs> strange for her, kind of normal for me. Yeah. And also, um, talking about shutting things down, 
I thought being with him, these things were happening and they're rubbing off on me, like the energy work and also the psychic, this stuff and the face change. So, but in a way, I had it in me all the time. Like Glinda told Dorothy, I really did. I had it in me all the time, when I, but I shut it down. Like we mentioned early in the Just beginning. Just wasn't aware of it. Yeah, it wasn't. It's the same for all of us. Yeah. And, and when I was little, I remember being in church in the pew and feeling, you know, Blessed Mother and Jesus too, their their statues kind of wiggle and kind of move and, and it was, but I shut that down real quick. <laughs> so, um, so well, you yeah, know, so starting to wake up again. The yeah. part being is that we all have it inside of us somewhere. We just don't remember it. And sometimes it's useful and sometimes it's not. It's not that you have to remember this stuff because it may not be useful to you in this lifetime. Yeah. And so it's not something to strive for. It's really just to strive for being yourself, whatever that might be in this lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Like all this kind of sometimes sounds magical and this and that. But, you know, the truth is it's all just normal. It's just the forgotten normal. And yeah. so now like I'll say weird is the new normal. There we go. And everyone has this in them. It's about clearing the crap out of the way. And so you can see clear and interpret better. Yep. Interpreting is the key. So there's a lot of people who get information and, and intuitive feelings and they're really beautiful and all, but for myself, what I have learned in watching others and myself is that the feeling of those intuitive impulses or knowings is one thing, but the interpretation of them into your everyday world is the biggest key yes because we often tend to uh, interpret things through our own filters which don't exactly translate the exact information so if you've ever seen the show the ghost whisperer <laughs> she's the perfect example so she sees ghosts <clears throat> and those ghosts tell her something, and then she tells the story back, but she never tells it exactly like they said. And we always say, wait, that's not what they said. <laughs> right. It's, it's similar, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> so that's why interpretation and relaying that information is, is really the biggest skill in being an intuitive or learning about your own intuition. So we, what we want to leave with you is the idea that you have it in you and it's time to kind of awaken when whenever you're ready to awaken but to to your own intuition yep and awaken what do you say yourself and what do you say intuition is michael i lo always love what you mm. always say it's like you remember what you forgot you already knew yep. <laughs> it's so uh -huh. funny <laughs> it's nothing magical it's nothing mysterious it is really just that some part of you already knows all of this information and really has the most beautiful guidance. But here on Earth as humans, we tend to forget that connection. And so when you have an intuitive moment, when you can't explain why you know something, it's because you are remembering what you already know that you have forgotten you know. 
and pretty into, simple. Yeah, pretty simple. And e intuition is made easy when you are more conscious and aware and open. I, I you've told me that for so long, and, and I totally and, agree. And you get a lot of your programming out of the way and your belief systems. Yeah. So those limiting belief systems and those family programs, when they're out of the way, then your intuition and interpretive skills gets clearer and more on spot, if you will. Pure intuition, and it's a natural part of you. So let's leave on that note. What do you okay, think, Okay, that sounds good. Okay. Well, it was, thanks for listening. Yeah, it was a pleasure being with you, and um, see you the next time. Ciao. Okay, ciao.